book of Matthew this morning. Let's turn uh, to Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14. And I'm going to preach from a passage of Scripture I've preached from many, many times. Uh, but a little bit different message from uh, this passage of Scripture. And I think it'll be a help and encouragement to us. Uh, Lord put this passage on my heart this week. <clears throat> and I believe, uh, and I know this will be a help to us today. Matthew chapter number 14, we're going to begin reading uh, in verse number 22, uh, which gives an account of a uh, well-known story in the New Testament. And we'll look at it again today in, <clears throat> in a similar fashion. We looked at it before, but a little bit different. Uh, Matthew chapter number 14, we'll begin reading in verse number 22 and read down through verse number 31. <clears throat> Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him and to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, <clears throat> he was there alone. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. <clears throat> and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. <clears throat> and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I want to use this passage that's commonly referred to as Peter walking on the water. But I want to look at it from this aspect. And I'll preach on this this morning. A miracle in the midst of a storm. A miracle <clears throat> in the midst of a storm. Father, I pray that you would use your word today in our life. Uh, may it speak to us. May it challenge us. May it strengthen us. Uh, Father, I pray once again, if there's one unsaved, may they realize uh, their need of salvation today. Bless your people, strengthen your people. <clears throat> we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this passage of Scripture is uh, familiar to many, uh, but some important things that I think is, uh, that we need to be reminded of. <clears throat> As Jesus was in his earthly ministry, and he had done uh, many uh, miracles uh, up to this point. And now what has happened had, had, um, had happened many times. As Jesus went, the multitudes gathered around him. He just done a great miracle, and the scripture tells us that uh, he, he told his disciples, I'm going to send you forth to the other side, and it's, the Bible says it sent him ahead as I'm going to send a multitude away. He's going to, I'm going to disperse the crowd. It tells us that <clears throat> in this time that he's going to do what he often did. He retreated into the mountains. He retreated by himself, having dispersed the multitude, having met their needs, and sending forth the disciples uh, ahead of him. And now Jesus was going to withdraw himself. And the Bible tells us in verse 23, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Uh, he was going to spend time with <clears throat> his father. And so he separated himself uh, from man. Uh, we see that that's what Jesus uh, was doing. That's the circumstances concerning our Lord uh, at the beginning of this story. Now the disciples, he sent them across the sea, the Sea of Galilee. 
this is an interesting see, uh, uh, and I can think back to when uh, I was able to, as some of you, to, to uh, see the Sea of Galilee when we visited Israel and actually take a little boat ride out on it. And there's some things that to be reminded of when it comes to the Sea of Galilee. There are mountains uh, on both sides of the Sea of Galilee. It's not a sea when you think of the sea as an ocean. Uh, it is about 13 miles long, 8 miles wide, and where it sits, it can be calm water, and in an instant, <clears throat> weather can come over the mountains and drop on the sea, and it can be a, a storm in, in, in a moment in no time. This is where they were. He had sent them across ahead of him. <clears throat> and the, the Bible tells us that a storm came about them, and a storm began to uh, toss and turn and put them in a, uh, a serious predicament. Some of these men were used to the sea. Some of these men were not used to the sea. But even the ones who were used to the sea, they were found themselves in a difficult uh, situation. As we look at this story, we know that there's a miracle that is going to take place. Peter is going to walk on the water. And regardless of how you, what you think about that, whether he should have walked further because we know he took his eyes off the Lord or whatever, as has been said by many, many preachers before me, Peter still holds the record. Uh, from a man walking on the water, and <clears throat> it's, it's a miraculous thing. And yes, Jesus <clears throat> literally walked on the water. And when he bid Peter to come, Peter walked on the water until he took his eyes off of the Lord. It's a miracle that took place. Now, before I get into the outline, I want to point something out, and it is <clears throat> insinuated by the title of the message this morning. These were not the perfect circumstances for a miracle, Yet they were. And you and I need to be reminded that the seas don't have to be calm for God to do the miraculous. We are bound by certain things. God is not. Storm's big for you. The storm is big for me. God's above it all. And too many times we as Christians, we, <clears throat> but we don't put our faith where it should be because we're waiting on those perfect circumstances. I still believe today in... In this year, with everything going on in our world, I still believe that God can do a build a miraculous work. God can still do the miraculous. Well, Pastor, it just don't seem like it's the right environment. It just don't seem like it's the right time. Actually, that makes it, it, makes it the perfect time. And you don't have to have things going perfectly in your life for God to do a, the miraculous in your life. I want us to see several things from this passage of Scripture this morning, and I'll be very practical, but the Scripture will be very helpful to us. Let me say, number one, storms do come while in the will of God. Storms do come while in the will of God. Now, let me say, it is better to be in the will of God than out of the will of God. How do, how do you live in the will of God? To the best of your ability, you obey this book. You obey his commands. You do what he has, he, the instruction that he has for you to do. You fulfill uh, <clears throat> what he has for your life. You obey his, because this is the manual for our life, written by the creator, the one who created us. It is much better to be in the will of God than out of the will of God. Now let me di differentiate real quickly. If you are a child of God, if you are saved and you get out of his will, you start walking in a way that is not honoring to him as your, as your heavenly father, he is going to correct you. He is going to chastise you. He is going to do things, why? To, so that you will turn back to fellowship with him. 
But just because you go through a storm does not mean God is chastising you. Um, it's, all, it's been said, and it's, I can't think of a better way of saying it. I've heard preachers say it before, and I'll say it now, and so it'll become my thing until, until somebody else comes along and says it too. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I never had to, to ask the question, hmm, is my daddy whipping me? Uh, if he was, you knew. Uh, you know, if, 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 if he wasn't, you, you knew. Uh, if he had one coming, you knew. Um, same thing with our Heavenly Father. <clears throat> but I want to say to you this morning, storms do come while in the will of God. Christian, listen to me. New Christian, listen to me. If you're new to the things of God, listen to me. Living as a child of God is the most wonderful life you can live. Knowing that your sins are forgiven. You have a heavenly father. Jesus is your personal savior. There's no greater life than the Christian life. There's no, no greater way to live than living to please God as a child of God. And yes, there are things that a child of God should not do because it brings dishonor to our heavenly father. There are things we should do. Being in the house of God today is one of them that brings, it helps us, but also brings honor to our Heavenly Father. Yes, it's a wonderful life as a Christian, but just because you got saved don't mean you're never going to go in the storm. Just because you joined the Emmanuel Baptist Church doesn't mean you'll never have a storm. You'll never have a problem. Most of the time, it means the opposite. God allows us to go through storms for many reasons. I'll just mention a couple of them. One, he allows us to go through storms because it tests our faith. What good is faith if it's never tested? Well, I have a lot of faith. How do you know if it's never been tested? Well, my faith is weak. How do you know if it's never been tested? A lot of times we, find that we say we have a lot of faith and it's tested and we find out we have weak faith. A lot of times we think we have weak faith and it's tested and we find out how strong it is because obviously it's the object of our, that our faith is attached to, but sometimes God allows us to go through a storm because he wants to test our faith. Sometimes he allows us to go through a storm because he is going to do a miracle and he's going to do it for us, he's going to do it through us, he's going to, he's going to do it uh, with us. Storms come while in the will of God. I notice verse 22, and let's look at it again. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. I wonder if this crossed their mind. These men were human just like we, we are. We read of John and what a great man the Apostle John was. We read of Peter and we think of Peter's flaws, but you really study the man Peter, what a great man of God that Peter was. We study, you see all that some of these aren't as well known as others, and you have James, and you, and you have these disciples, and, and you say, wow, they, they, because they were with Jesus, they had faith beyond what any of us could have, and, and they, they had what, all these things. But I wonder, I just wonder if they got into that ship and pushed off that shore. The Bible says he constrained them, his disciples, to get into the ship. I wonder if one of them said, you know, I'm going to stay behind with you, Jesus. He said, no, get in the ship. He constrained them to go in that ship and to go before him unto the other side. The point I'm making, they only, they only got in that boat because Jesus put them in that boat. They only were in the sea because Jesus sent them across the sea. But I wonder if when that wind started to kick up and the waves began to crash, I wonder if it crossed the mind of any of them, well, why did he send us out here? Why did 
I mean, they just watched him take bread and break it and feed thousands of people and gather up more than he had to begin with. They believed he was the Son of God. Why did he send us out here? Knowing that a storm is going to come. Christian, you ever felt that way? Why would God send us out in this sea if he knew a storm was going to come? Or why wouldn't he prevent the storm, at least till we get to the other side? It's not that wide. Why couldn't the rain start when we got to the other shore? Why did it have to happen now? Friend, I, I, I wonder if they thought that, being human, I imagine it probably crossed the mind of at least one of them. Let's just, let's just put it on Thomas, doubting Thomas. Let's just assume Thomas did that. Because there's always one, I knew this was going to happen. I had a feeling as soon as I put my foot in that book, I knew this was going to happen. I knew we were going to end up in a storm. Uh, You know, I wonder if there's one like that. But how many times do we do that? Say, well, didn't God know? Yes, God knew. These men were in the will of God when this storm came because Jesus put them in the boat, sent them to the other side. They were doing exactly what they should have done. I just think it's good for you and I to be reminded If you are in a storm, one of life's storms today, you can be in the will of God and face a storm. If you're not in one today, I I think it's good for us to be reminded that as you do the will of God, and, oh, pastor, I'm just, it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. I'm just, I'm just trying to do what God wants me to do. I'm just trying to, 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 to be the husband I'm supposed to be, or the wife I'm supposed to be, the father, the mother I'm supposed to be. I'm just trying to be the Christian I'm supposed to be. And it seems like the harder I row, the further I get behind. It just comes out of nowhere. I just want to remind us all today that you don't get discouraged and wonder, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right things? Am I doing the wrong things? These men were in the storm because Jesus sent them ahead. They were exactly where they were supposed to be. And when you and I face things in our life that we would categorize in a storm, the water's calm, and in an instant it changes. I just want us to be reminded that's part of life. You can be, don't question Well, am I doing everything else? Well, if you're not, do it. But I just want to remind us that these men were where they were were because God sent them there. And the same is true for you and I. Storms come while in the will of God. I see verse 24, and I see that statement, for the winds are contrary. Everything doesn't always go your way. Everything doesn't always go my way. What does that mean? They were in that boat... And the winds were working against them. It didn't matter how much they rode. They were not getting to the other side. As long as those winds were contrary. They could row and row. Obviously, the sails didn't do them any good because the winds are contrary. No matter how hard they try. The winds were contrary. They're not getting to where they thought they were going. You ever feel that way in life? Well, God sent me on this direction, and now everything's working against me. 
the winds are blowing, row harder. I know we do that. Well, you just need to try a little harder. You just have a little more faith. I'm rowing as hard as I can row, and the harder I row, the further I get away from where God sent me. Because sometimes the winds are contrary. They were working against them. So if you find yourself in that situation, maybe it'll be some kind of encouragement this morning that that's exactly where the disciples were. And as a Christian, sometimes, and, and I, we say it like this and I hear it like this, Pastor, it, just, it seems like it all comes at one time. Or if it's not one thing, it's another. This is the last thing I need to be dealing with right now. I mean, it took me all the faith I had to just get in that boat to go to the other side, and now the winds are contrary. Sometimes the winds in life are contrary. Oh, you know what it's like when you say to the opposite of that, man, man, just it is just easy sailing. If you have a situation like that in your life where it's just easy sailing, stop for a moment, take a deep breath, look around, hear the birds singing, enjoy it, because the time is coming when the winds are going to start blowing contrary. We need to be reminded that life, that's just the way it is. They work against us. The winds will come, and they, sometimes they come suddenly. If, they were, if there was already a storm, Jesus was not going to put them in that boat. If there were already a storm, they probably would not have listened to Jesus. But they willingly, and they hurriedly got in that boat to go to the other side because when they got in it, the seas were calm. You ever been, you've been there as a Christian. Man, I'm, I'm excited. This is the direction of my life. You come and you, you, whether, whether you get saved and, or, or that next seven Christian, oh man, we found the church and we're going to get plugged in this church and we're going we're gonna to move forward and man, this is exciting. And, or, or, or as a young person, you, you get some direction in your life and you say, this is what God wants me to do and man, I can't wait. Let's get, you want me to get in that boat? Let's get in that boat and let's put the sails up and, and let, let's get out and go and boy, I've got it all planned. We've got it charted right here. And we know that statistically it should take us this long to get to the other shore, and then when we get there, we're going to have time to do this and this and this and this, and oh, we, this is what I'm going to do. And you get in that boat, and you push out, and, and the sail is, is full of wind, and all of a sudden, that sail drops. And then the wind fills up on the other side. And the winds start to become contrary. This is what we have a tendency to do. Well, is this really the will of God for me? Was this really what I was supposed to do with my family? Is this really what God placed a call on my life to do? Friend, I just want to remind you this morning, storms will come in the will of God, and many times those winds that blow contrary, it happens just like it happens suddenly. Because if you could see it coming... You wouldn't get in the boat. I wouldn't get in the boat. So number two, storms, we see in verse number 26, look at me. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Storms are confusing times. 
Okay, what did they do? Jesus comes walking on the water, and they're like, not only is there a storm out here, there's ghosts walking around on the water. You know, he's just, I know I saw something. I know I saw something. Obviously, it was not a ghost. It was Jesus. They're going to find that out. How confused do they? These were spiritually minded men, weren't they? We, we left everything to be with the Son of God and we hear his teaching and we're going to stand with him. And we just, we've seen he's been part of these miracles and he just fed thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread. And we saw witness of that and we were part of that. And we know he's the Son of God and, and we've seen the miracles that he has performed. Now they're in a storm and the first sign of the supernatural, they say, Ghost! Doesn't sound like men of great faith, does it? But how confusing is a storm for you and I? First of all, you can't see where you're going. The winds are contrary. There's no, there's no stars in the sky. They didn't have a GPS to get them to the other side. So they don't know if they're going back the way they left, if they're going where they're supposed to go. They don't know where they are. They are confused. They don't know where they're supposed to be heading. Storms are confusing. This is not where I thought I would be when I got in the boat when Jesus told me. I thought it would be a little bit different. I thought I would be able to chart those stars to the destination. I never imagined those storm clouds would cover up. So I have no idea what direction I'm going. Have you ever been in, that, in a loud thunderstorm? A loud, and the way these storms have been described on the, key, the Sea of Galilee is a tropical storm. And the loud rain. If you've heard the strong winds like that, the howl of that wind. There's no light on the boat. The crash of the thunder and the waves. And for those men to try and communicate with each other to be screaming and not be able to hear the person next to them. The only light you see is from... A moment when the lightning flashes and lights the sky or lights overhead the boat. How confusing that must have been. All we did was get in the boat when God told us to go to the other side. Now I don't know where I'm going. Well, I don't even know if I'm going to survive this storm. It's a confusing time. And then when, they, when Jesus comes walking on the water, they're even more confused. And it's raining, it's thundering, it's lightning, we're in the storm, and now there's ghosts out here. If anybody should have known better, it was those men. Who else could have been walking on the water? 
Who else could have come out to them but the Lord Jesus? But the storm had thrown them off. Christian, listen very, very carefully to me. You may not need this today, but you're going to need it at some point in your life. When you get in a storm, it's going to confuse you. Simple decisions that you've made your whole life, you're going to be confused in them. Plans and direction you had. They're not going to do you a bit of good. Those stars were still in the sky that those sailors were used to charting to get to the other shore. They were covered up. Sometimes God allows storms to come into our life and He hides from us that clear direction. And we can get discouraged, we can get angry, we can be confused. But you've got to remind yourself that Jesus put you in that boat and gave you direction. And they are confused and our minds can become clouded and we get focused on the storm around us. And I want to remind you this morning, you don't know what all God is doing. And just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you're out of the will of God and it certainly doesn't mean God... Hey, they, didn't, they, they, they weren't seeking at this point. What creeped in... There is only one emotion that could have confused Christ with a spirit. Fear. Because when you lose your sense of direction, you become afraid. Christian, listen very carefully. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the future. Fear of the next step can make you see your Savior in a different way than He should be seen. can make you see the circumstances differently than they need to be seen. Yes, the rain is real. Yes, that water that was coming in the boat, that was real water. The thunder was loud. The wind was howling. The lightning was real. All of that was real. But when they lost their sense of direction, fear took over. It is a natural thing in the life of a man. When his direction is taken away from him, he can't see his next step. He doesn't know if he's going to make it. He doesn't know what he's going to do. This is different than I thought it was going to be. Fear comes in and we begin to panic. And we see things that just aren't the way they are. So we said, first of all, storms... Come while in the will of God, and storms are confusing times. Let me say number three as we see the progression here. Miracles still take place in the storm. Verse number 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee, thee on the water. And i got to go back to verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. As men are, they're probably now more afraid. Quite frankly, when you're in a storm and God begins to work, I can tell you, I've been through, through great storms in my life, and I've sat in a church service like this one, and when 
the Bible is being preached, the Spirit of God is, it's like he's speaking to me directly. All that gives you great confidence, but it's also a scary thing. When he begins to pierce the darkness and to make his way through the confusion, he says, be not afraid, be of good cheer, it is I. Because we look at the presence of God as the absence of storms. When the most comforting time we have the presence of God is when we're in the storm. And he reminds them, even though you're in the storm, and let me go a step further, you're in the boat because I put you in the boat and sent you out to sea. I went apart to pray, but the moment I knew you were in the storm, I came to you. Said, be of good cheer, it is I. Peter, verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. He's like, yeah, we'll put him to the test. If it's really you, tell me to come out here. I don't know how confident he was when he said that. I don't know if it's one of those situations. I know it's him. I just, I just need that assurance. Kind of like Gideon putting the fleece out and then saying, okay, do it one more time. Or if he's like, yeah, that'll show. Yeah, we're not so easily deceived. I don't know how it was. But regardless, when he said that, that figure out there who said, fear not, it is I. And I believe when they heard him and they saw him, they believed it. That belief, though, was clouded with fear and doubt. He said, if it's really you, bid me come. Come. He hears back, and it was not an echo. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Miracles still take place in the storm. So what kind of Miracles are you talking about? Sometimes we feel like we've lost our way and we're never going to get it back. Sometimes we're in that storm and it feels like we're going to perish. But if you've lived long enough life and you've experienced enough of life, where's something like this come to your mind? I don't know how I'm going to make it. Sometimes we just stop rowing. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But that's when the presence of our Lord appears. And he does a miracle. I look around the building this morning as I was doing some additional study this morning and praying early this morning. I thought of, as I was going back through the outline this morning and to keep it fresh in my mind, I thought of so many of you who've been through so much during the years and burdens you carry and storms that you've endured you could give testimony. There are things that God enabled me to do during that storm that I never thought I would do. And you can give testimony today. You think this is, this is the one time we read about this, about Peter walking on the water. I don't think it's the last time Peter talked about it. He's probably like you and I. We know that he didn't have any problem talking. 
I don't know, in, in future, down the line, it's like talking to the disciples, talking about this. It's like, well, Peter said, did you hear that? You remember the time, guys, I walked on the water? I believe he talked about that. I mean, I would talk about that too. You know, and James is like, well, the Lord, well, I walked on the water. We, we, in those times that God does those miracles when we didn't think we were going to make it, with this, uh, Peter, I don't think, we find, a, we find a record of in Scripture, there was many times when they were in a boat when the water was calm. And Peter was never so brash to the Lord to say, bid me to come walk on this calm water. It was a stormy water. Maybe you're in a storm today and you, you know the presence of the Lord is there and he would say, be of good cheer. I'm in a storm. There's nothing to be cheerful about. If you hear the voice of the Lord in the storm, you can be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Sometimes we take bold steps for the Lord because we're in a storm. Otherwise, because in, in calm water, we'd never take that bold step. Perhaps in some way in your, in your life, your spiritual life this morning, Maybe you're in a storm today and you hear the sweet voice of the Spirit of God saying, come, by faith, take that step in your Christian life. Or maybe it's just simply trust me in this storm. Because let's be honest, they weren't surviving that storm in the boat or outside the boat without the Lord. So if he's going to get you through, Jesus don't need no boat. So if he bids you come, come. Miracles still take place in the storm. God did not wait on ideal circumstances for him to bid him to get out of the boat. When Peter said, bid me come, Jesus didn't say, okay, let's calm everything down. Let's get the water perfect. Okay, come on. In the midst of the howl of the wind, the, the waves, the lightning, he said, come. Peter came. You say, well, when I get out of the storm, and when I, that's why when, people, when Christians go through a difficult time, the worst thing you can do is stay away from the house of God, stay away from the people of God, stay away from the word of God. Well, when, when I get things in order, I hear this so many times, when I get things in order, then I'm going to get all the way back in, Pastor. No! Don't wait for the winds to die down. Don't wait for the, the waves to be calm. If he's bidding you come, come. God doesn't need perfect circumstances to spare you or to get you to see a miracle. And I say number four, and we're through. When your faith falters... I like this. When your faith falters, Jesus will keep you above the water. Verse 30, when he saw the wind boisterous, he's on the water, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. What a picture of the outstretched hand 
of the Lord. What a picture. So if I get out, I might sink. You might. If you take your eyes off of him and look on the storm about us. I, I've grown up in church. You know that. You know my testimony. I've heard, I, heard, I remember this story as a child many times. And You know, when you're a child and, and, and you start hearing these Bible stories, you look at these Bible characters and say, what's their problem? How hard is it to just look at Jesus? You didn't have to sink. But then you grow up and you live some life. And truth of the matter is, if we have enough faith to get out of the boat, how many times do we pay more attention to the storm than the Lord? Pastor, if I'm not strong right now, I'm weak. Pastor, because these things have taken place in my life, I don't have the faith that I should have. Pastor, if I get out of the boat, I, I know what I'm prone to do. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm prone to take my eyes off of the Lord. Get out of the boat. But what if I sink? He'll keep you above the water. Perhaps you would put yourself in that category. I, I tried to stay hung in there, or I'm hanging in there, but I'm sinking. I'm going to drown. Not if you call out to the Lord. Peter got wet. He was wet in the boat. He began to sink. God kept him above the water. Okay, let me tell you, you and I, we need to learn from what Peter did in keeping his eyes, taking his eyes off the Lord. And let me say to all of us this morning, get out of the boat when you're in the storm, keep your eyes on Jesus. But let's be honest. We're just like Peter. We have fears. And more times than not, the storm is going to get our attention. When the storm gets your attention, say, God, you've got to help me. Turn your focus back on the Lord, and He will keep you above the water. How many times have we failed Him by our lack of faith? How many times have we got distracted and got our eyes on the storm? He remembers that we are but dust. God knows who he's dealing with. He knows our weakness. He knows our failures. He knows our, our, we don't have the faith that we should have. But he will take the faith that we do have, and he'll do a miracle with it. And we do begin to sink if we'll look back to him and say, Lord, I'm sinking. Oh, you don't have to look very long, but that outstretched hand of God, how many of us could testify today that, we did the best we could in that storm, and it had us all turned around, and 
Somewhere in there we found God bidding a miracle, and the fact that we survived the storm is a miracle in itself. But we decided to put God to the test. Oh, if you really want to do something, bid me come out. And he says, come on out. We say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay faithful to my commitment. I'm going to, I'm going to go all in, and I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to have faith that others do not have. But he knows that we have a tendency to take our eyes off of him. And if you begin to take your eyes off of him, just put them back on him. But I'm already sinking. What? He'll keep you above the water. It's better to stay on top of the water. But when you begin to sink, all you have to do is stay above the water. Boy, this morning, I don't know where you are in your Christian life. I don't know what you're dealing with necessarily. But don't be too timid and too afraid to get out of the boat in your storm if the Lord bids you to show that faith. Too many Christians miss out on God's deliverance because... They ask the question, what if I sink? That's the wrong question. What if you never get out of the boat? You know, Peter gets out on that water, and there's still 11 men of God in the boat who could have got out of the water. Well, Peter, you sank. Yeah, but I... Walked on the water for a little while. Boy, this morning, do you need a miracle? Well, when the seas are calm, I, well, God's capable of doing that. But God came in the storm. You may be in a storm today, and you're looking as hard as you can to find your way out of it. What's my next step? I need that next star so I can see where to point this vessel. So I know what direction. He, he put me in the boat. He gave me a destination. He gave me the direction to go. But I can't see what I de- have depended on. That, con- that wind is going contrary. It is, it is pushing me away from what God said he wanted me to do and where he wanted me to go, and now everything is turned upside down. I guess that's it. No, the Lord is not going to leave you in the storm without his presence. But in the storm, we can just hunker down and try and survive, or we can look for a miracle. In that storm. If you've lived something, if something comes to your mind, a time in your life when you say, Pastor, I've lived this storm, you can relate to this. There's also things you can look back and talk about your relationship with the Lord. You can talk about your, a, 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 I hate to use the word an encounter, but your, um, something that took place between you and God showed Himself very real to you. You can come and you can talk about only that which took place in the storm. Now, he meets with us every day. He's with us every day. 
His presence is always with us, but there's something special about those times when you didn't know if you are going to make it. You didn't know which way you were going to go. Say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about being in a storm like that. I've got it all planned out, and so far everything's so good. Well, just wait a little bit. Storm's coming. Life can change faster than the weather in Florida on a July afternoon. So when it does, we don't know what to do. Look for the Lord. Don't wait for circumstances to be perfect for you to heed the directions. And if he does bid you come and you have the faith to take that next step, if your eyes get off of him, and let's just use the word that we don't like to use, you fail because you take your eyes off of him. The moment you realize it, don't drown. But I failed, but you don't have to drown. Get your eyes back on him. Maybe this morning, that's the application for you. You need to get your eyes back on him. Take that outstretched hand. Get your eyes back on him. He'll keep you above the water. Father, use your